0: Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. When i net. was high school am
0: Hey guys, welcome to the Locked On Wizards Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Troy Halliburton, and join me today in studio the new play-by-play announcer of the Washington Wizards through NBC Sports Washington, Mr. Justin Cutcher. How you doing today, Justin?
1: Doing great, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, it's not a problem. Um, I think that, you know, uh, as a part of being in sports media, I am very much interested in, you know, all different aspects of sports media. And I think that one of the most important things is the play by play announcer. I mean, you're, you're literally the vessel who's, you know, uh, uh, taking the fans from what they're seeing into the game and trying to basically explain it to them so that they can have a better understanding of what it is that they're seeing. Um, first, let, let, let's start. How did you? you get into play-by-play announcing just in general?
1: Well, um, as you can probably tell, I'm, I'm really tall, uh, so I, I figured I wasn't going to be going pro, um, and I had to figure out some other way that I can stay involved in sports, because from the time that I can remember, sports have been my life. Um, in kindergarten, I can remember reading the Matt Christopher books, which is all about sports, football, baseball, hockey, you name it. Um, reading Sports Illustrated for kids, Sports Illustrated, the newspapers, like looking at box scores. Um, I just spent so much time playing and watching sports that when I realized I wasn't going to really play for my career, I thought, what's the next best thing for me to do? And when I would watch sports on TV, I would say something, and then two seconds later the announcer would say it. And people would look at me like, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, well, what's wrong with you? Why weren't you thinking that? And for some reason, um, I chose this. I chose to be a broadcaster. It worked out. How did I do play-by-play? I thought I was going to be, my goal was to be like Bob Costas when he hosted the NBA on NBC. I thought it was so cool that you could sit there with ex-players and talk about the games and this and that. Um, but my freshman year in college, I was going to engineer a game and studio on the radio and the analyst didn't show up for the game. Mm. So the sports director said, Hey, go jump on the T Boston's version of the Metro, uh, get up to the gym. You've got to be the analyst for the game. So I did, I just finished playing high school basketball. I thought about walking on in college and it was, um, Hofstra at BU speedy Claxton was the point guard for Hofstra. Mm. Jay Wright was the head coach and I start doing this and I could see every single defense they're throwing out there as a point guard in high school I was like a coach on the floor so I knew where to you know where each player should be like hey you got to bring this guy up here and move this guy here and once I did that game I said that's it play by play is where I'm going because I missed playing so much that when I'm out there calling a game you feel as if you're still playing or you're mm-hmm. coaching. So you can anticipate things happening, and you can, you can be that liaison from the players to the fans, and you can bring a different, different element to it. And I, once, once I did that game, there is no holding back.
0: Yeah, so I mean, just just like with a lot of things in life, it takes a it takes a little bit of uh, luck to to put you in that position that you know obviously somebody uh, missed out uh, or they couldn't uh, work the game, and you know you took advantage of that opportunity by showing up, and obviously you've been you know unofficially training your entire <laughs> life to to get to that moment. But I, I want to talk about what what do you think are some of the the key differences between uh, a play by play announcer and a color commentator and analyst, like because I know uh, people sometimes get the those roles confuse when they're watching games. So as somebody who uh, I would have to take your expert opinion on the subject, what what's the difference between those two roles from your perspective?
1: So the easiest way to describe it is that um, basically the analyst is the former player or former coach. So if you're not a former player or former coach, you're probably not going to be an analyst because you have to have the credibility for people to believe you. To, to know that what you're saying is true. Right. It's what you would do in practice. It's what you would do in a game. A play-by-play guy is the one who calls the, the action live, calls that play, sets up the moment, hits it. The analyst is the one who's telling you why. Why that play happened. Um, was there a lapse in defense? Was there a great pick set? How did this guy get open? and then the shot that to me is the biggest thing it's so when when you hear somebody say oh i want to be an analyst my first question is well where'd you play and (laughs) and if you say i played high school i say well you know what don't do it you have to figure out a way to be a play-by-play guy or a reporter because no one's gonna trust what you have to say you know if i come in and say oh yeah i was really good in high school so you know i'm gonna be the analyst you know we don't even if i'm right. Yeah. I don't have the credibility that people will believe it.
0: No, I mean, I completely understand that. And, I mean, when you look at, the, um, you know, the way that these jobs are uh, delegated, the way they're given out, I mean, I can't. I tried to rack my brain and think of a, a color analyst who didn't play, and I, I'm drawing a blank here.
1: So I, I do baseball with one Tom Verducci, mm-hmm. who's the, the head baseball writer for Sports Illustrated. He is an analyst. Now, Verducci he's he's a rare breed um you don't get many like that writers who become analysts or or whatnot um but he he knows the game his stories are great uh he is i think a good one um but beyond him i can't i can't think of it
0: yeah i'm I'm drawing a blank too um i guess what, what do you think makes a good play-by-play announcer when you are watching a, a game broadcast and you're you know uh, not 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 to say that you're uh, judging your peers but you know what 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 do you watch a broadcast and you say oh man that was good or you know that that the way that he's able to or he or she is able to you know kind of control the the narrative surrounding the game like how, how what do you think makes a good play-by-play announcer
1: so for me I look at a couple things I want I want the broadcast to be conversational. Mm. Um, I don't want to con I don't want a broadcast that is inundated with stats. If you're reading stats throughout the entire broadcast, I'm tuning you out. I'm bored. To me, it's, it's a crutch and it's saying, you don't know the game. You're just reading off all this material. Right. Um, so the people that I look at are the ones who are able to build up and sense when that big moment is coming and, they're able to tee it up for their analysts. They're able to tee it up for the, for the listeners and the viewers at home. And when that big moment comes, they hit it, they, they punctuate it, and they get out. They don't over-talk. Exactly. And I think one of the biggest issues for, for broadcasters and people in general is ego. And if you have a big ego and think everybody's tuning in to hear you, you're wrong yep. people are tuning in to watch, to the, watch game. the game yep. and so in a big in a big moment you want to hit it and then just get out and let the crowd go crazy because nothing that i can say is better than hearing the crowd go nuts exactly so that's that's what i look for when i'm watching you know my peers
0: yeah i mean i think that it, it's definitely a uh, a pacing thing and like you said get in and get out and a lot of times you know you want to let the game you know do the talking but you 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 want to you want to set it up perfectly and I, I i tend to agree with everything that you're saying um but let's talk about uh, so when you say some of the people that you look up and not just your peers, but, you know, I had a good chance to listen. I had a chance to listen to the podcast that you did with uh, our good friend Chris Miller. Yep. And, uh, you know, you he talk, he, he talked about your relationship with Joe Buck, mm-hmm. who is, you know, a, a legend in the in the, you know, broadcasting industry. Can, can you just talk about how you developed that relationship to have, you know, a legend such as Joe Buck be a mentor to you?
1: Um. You know, I've said it before I've. I've been so incredibly lucky in my life in different opportunities in different areas. Um, Basically it started out, I was interning for MSG network, Madison square garden network in New York city during college when they still had the Yankees and Tim McCarver was one of our analysts. Mm -hmm. Um, When my time, my internship was ending, I went to go say thanks to McCarver and Bobby Mercer for being so kind to me throughout the season and McCarver said, well, where are you going? I said, well, I, I, I'm going back to school. He goes, well, we still have a third of the season left. I go, I still have two years of college left. So unless you want to give me a job, I I, I kind of have to go.
0: <laughs> would you have taken that job and left if they would have offered if it? If they
1: gave me an on-air job, I probably would have left. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he uh, I don't know what my dad would have thought about that, but I would have gone. And, um he said, well, where do you go to school? And I told him, I went to BU in Boston. He goes, oh, well, when we're up there, do you want to work with us? And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And he said, how about the Fox national game? I go, yeah, that'd that'd be great. (laughs) He said, all right, well, just give me a call at the hotel and I'll set it up. So I called him at the hotel. I went and it was he and Joe Buck and Joe has a personal stat guy researcher whose name is Steve Horn. And I helped Horn out during that game. And apparently he liked my work. So he said as we're walking down the ramps at Fenway Park he goes what are you doing for the postseason and I'm like "Uh, school (laughs) and he said call me okay so I called him I did research for him and that happened to be the year of the subway series Yankees versus Mets and I called McCarver um, I said hey do you guys need help for the World Series he goes oh yeah we can use you so I ended up going down to New York stayed at my brother's apartment the entire week worked every game and got to, to know Joe then. And then after that, every Yankees, Mets, or Red Sox game, they would call me to do stats, to right. be a runner and a statistician. And honestly, my relationship with Joe developed over time. And it's it's something when I go back and I speak at colleges or I speak to, to kids, you can't force a relationship. It has to happen. And so with Joe, I would get to the, to the stadium at 7am, work in the truck for three hours, I'd go drive to the hotel, pick Joe up, get him in the car, say hi, and that was it. Yeah. And if he wanted to ask me a question, I would answer. But it was never me trying to talk to him. And over time, he would ask me more and more questions, because they were in New York or Boston, almost every week. Right. And so we developed a, a relationship, a trust. Um, and I can't say enough great things about him. I mean, he helped me tremendously. Uh, To this day, he still helps me, Um, just bouncing things off of him. But, you know, I talk about calling a game and not, you know, just doing stats and this and that. The story I always tell is it was the 2002 season. I was working in Cape Cod, broadcasting the Cape Cod League. I did a game on Friday, drive home that night to Connecticut, down to the stadium, pick him up. Barry Bonds' only trip ever to Yankee Stadium. Mm. And his stack guy, Steve Horn, uh, was sick, couldn't make the trip. He had vertigo. So here we are standing up for the national anthem, and he looks at me and he says, take this for what it's worth. And he holds up the game notes. He goes, we're a minute before I go on the air, and I've not read a single page of these. And I kind of looked at him like, huh? because I had highlighted yeah. all these different things, right? And and he said, call the game. The game is the most important thing you can talk about. Mm-hmm. If you have to look something up, you've got time. But people want to hear about the game. And when he said that to me, I said, OK, well, there's got to be a happy medium. Right. I can't just go into a game unprepared. And Joe didn't go into the game unprepared. But he had done his prep work. He didn't read those days' game notes, but he knew he could call the baseball
0: game. Right, because he's just calling a baseball game. It's, right. it's,
1: it's calling what you're seeing in front of you. Exactly. It's trusting what what you know and do for a living. <clears throat> and And that, to me, to this day is is what i use all the time.
0: Yeah, i mean that reminds me of one of my favorite books uh is a book called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell and in that book he talks about uh, 10,000 hours that you know in order to be an expert in any uh subject that you have to put in, you know, a certain amount of hours in order to, you know, really consider yourself to be mm-hmm. an expert. So once you put in that, you know, that 10,000 hours, you know, you can you can pull up to a little league game and not know any of the players and call the game because at the end of the day like you're just just, you're just doing what you've been naturally training you know your entire life to do
1: you trust your instinct um my dad always says you be, you become one with your job mm-hmm. the great ones become one with their job it's not something you have to think about you just trust your instinct so yeah if, if i rolled up outside and there's a little league game going on and somebody gave me all the names and i had a my scorebook with me you, you can I'd call, it, call it yep yep no problem
0: yeah i, I can compl- and i respect that and i think that um When you look at, okay, so... You know, you've called games with Joe Buck. You've called, you know, uh, uh, Subway Series games, and and these you've worked on that. But you know, you don't just get to that level. I want to, I want you to tell the listeners about, you know, some of your uh, other experiences, some like in Cape Cod or in South Dakota, or calling high school games. Like, just tell us about, you know, the journey that it takes from, you know, calling all these games, putting in that 10,000 hours, so that you can get to a point where, you know, you can get tapped for an opportunity to be a play-by-play announcer for an NBA team? Um,
1: for me, it, it happened, you know, in college, I was a sports director of the radio station. I did a ton of games, sports talk shows when I was there. And I always took the approach that I had like 3 million people tuning in to every broadcast. We may have had three, but I just took the approach that it was 3 million. Right. And every single game I went out, every show I put on, I wanted to put forth the best effort I possibly could. I got that job in the Cape Cod League. I went there. And then after that, I was sending tapes out, trying to get a job, trying to figure it out. Um, I ended up, I was in Charleston, South Carolina. I went to the minor league baseball team there, sat down with a guy. He goes, would you be willing to move across the country? And I said, yeah. He said, all right, well, we may have a job opening up in Portland, Oregon. He goes, let me send an email right now to this guy. He sent an email to the guy. While I'm still talking to him, he got the email back saying, uh, They already filled it. Mm. Sorry about that. I go, All right, no worries. I drove down to Savannah, Georgia to see a college friend who was on TV down there to meet with his news and sports director. As I'm with him, I got a phone call from the person in Portland, Oregon. Yeah. And he said, uh, The guy that we offered the job to uh, decided not to take it. I got your resume. Um, Do you have time to talk? I said, sure. So we talked, and he said, the job pays $500 a month. We need you out here next week. I said, he goes, take some time, think about it, and uh, get back to me. Yeah. So actually, he he didn't say that yet. We're talking. He calls me back while I'm at dinner, and he says, um, I know I haven't given you much time, but I have one more question for you. I said, what's that? He goes, would you like the job? And I'm like, holy cow. (laughs) So I drove back to my parents in Charleston. I told them the situation. I had spoken to different people, and I took the job. So in a week's notice, I went from Charleston, South Carolina, drove back up to Connecticut, sold my car, bought a new car, had it shipped out to Oregon, and moved there for 500 bucks a month. They put me up with a host family, uh, I was there for like a week and a half. I'm like, no, I can't do this. But I got an apartment, and the rent was 465 So I was making 500 bucks a month, and I had, you do the math. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and so you got $35 left every month.
1: Every month. Yeah. And, and, I, and I, I started off working like 52 straight days, and I loved it. I thought it was awesome. I wasn't calling games every night. I was in studio. Uh, I got to call th- two or three innings, like one game a week. And I'm like, all right, this is my end. Mm-hmm. And I did that. And then I went and I, I got a job in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And they paid me 2000 dollars a month. And oh, I'm, like, thought, thought I'm, there, yeah. I'm like I'm rich. I'm like, look balling at me. Out now. I'm like, I gotta make it rain. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and so I, I go there and and um I'm the only play by play guy for this team. So I'm calling ninety-eight games all by myself, independent baseball. And the the GM there asked me, he goes, before I got the job during the interview, how long do you see yourself here in Sioux Falls? And I said, no more than two years. And he goes, no more than two years or no more than two seasons? Mm. I go, no more than two seasons. And I said, for me, I want to get the reps and then I want to go to TV. And I had been told that he wanted, there, he wanted somebody there long term. But Joe Buck had done the intro to my resume tape. It that- caught his ear. He talked to me gave me the job. I moved out there. I stayed one season. He was leaving. I'm like, if you're leaving, I'm <laughs> out. Like, no way. And then I went and I I, I got the job in Erie, Pennsylvania for the Tigers double A team. And, um, I got a little bit of a raise and I'm like, all right, let's go do it. Um, so all those steps along the way, I think prepared me, but I never, ever said no. Yeah. I just took opportunities and ran with them. Even in high school, I did a senior project for, um, uh, a startup, independent baseball team. I got to, my last day of high school was March 13th, and I got to go, my spring break, come back, and then every day I'd go into the office from 8 until about 1.45, and then I would drive to school, I'd play baseball. I was like, this is awesome, like no (laughs) class, playing baseball, working for a minor league team. And my first day there, they said, hey, we're going to have you answer phones. We need somebody up front. And I go, all right. For me, I'm like, it'll help me, A, learn who people are, B, help me speak slowly enough and articulate what I'm trying to say so that people on the phone can hear me, and that will help me for my career. Mm -hmm. So it was just all these different things. You take a positive out of it and figure out how it's going to help me reach my ultimate goal. And that's the way I've taken the approach my whole career.
0: Yeah, well, it seems to me that, you know, you've – uh, established a bit of a toolbox here, and you didn't—you're not relying on just one tool, you know, in your toolbox. That you know, you're, you're talking about covering different sports, and you know, basketball and baseball and football, and you know, when you're doing different things, different aspects of the job. Or like you said, talking to people, answering the phone—that's how you get a chance to know people. That's a great networking tool, which mm-hmm. people don't know. And you know, I think that it, it's good that you know for you to be explaining this because there are a lot of people, younger people, who are out here listening. And maybe they want to get into, you know, sports journalism or sports broadcasting, and you know, they they might not, they might think that you know some opportunities are too small, and you know, you're you're, you're basically telling them that no opportunity is too small, and that you know it all really adds up. So, what, what advice do you give to uh, you know this a younger generation? Because I feel like also. The way that sports broadcasting has changed, sports broadcasting and sports journalism in general, like the game has changed, literally over the last ten or fifteen years. So maybe the same advice that somebody gave to you, you know, uh, in in two thousand, you know, two right. isn't wouldn't be the same advice that you would give to somebody uh, a Generation Z kid, you know, who graduates college in two thousand nineteen.
1: Well, I still I understand exactly what you're saying, um, but I still believe that. The principles are the same. Mm. Um, I think people now want everything now, immediately. And what I say to all, all those people is you better be ready because if you get that opportunity, if a network, if a team, if somebody gives you that chance and you're not ready, you may never get the chance again. So you may be thinking, hey, I'm 22 years old, I'm ready to go and you get out there and you blow it, you got a long life ahead of you and not making it. So to me, it's have a goal, Mm -hmm. but realize it takes time to get and accomplish that goal. There are some people who are lucky, and they're really good, and they get an opportunity right away, and they nail it, and they keep on going. But the majority, they don't. What I also tell people is you have to have a passion for whether it's this job or whatever job you go into especially in 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 broadcasting whether it's play-by-play um whatever it is on air you're going to come out of college not making a lot of money right you're going to work every night every weekend every holiday and all your friends that you go to school with they're going to be off and they're making more money than you are and you're going wait a minute i'm busting my ass right now Mm -hmm. and i'm making nothing and they're going out unless you have that passion you grow bitter really quickly. And that's why for me, because of my love for sports, I didn't look at making 500 bucks a month, having $35 left over losing 15 pounds in six weeks as a negative. I looked at that as a positive. I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting a chance to, to be around a baseball team every day. I'm doing what I wanna do and it's gonna help me get that ultimate goal. And and that's that's the approach I think you have to have. While you want something right now, you have to understand there's a process, and that process can be faster for some people than others, Mm -hmm. but there is still a process.
0: Yeah, no, of course. I mean, I think that, you know, and to take something from with the Philadelphia 76ers fan base, sometimes you have to trust that process. And, you know, I I think that, you know, and, and this is very good advice that you're giving to people because you know, a lot of times people don't really understand the ins and outs of, you know, all the processes that it takes to, you know, get to this point. So it's good to, you know, for, 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 you know, you to explain to them that, you know, you're making $500 a month and, you know, uh, only paying $460 for, for rent, you know, that, that's, you know, this, I know inflation has, you know, gone up a lot, but you know, that, that, and I don't know, unless it's 1956, like you're going to be struggling. Oh, I kid you not. I mean, I go to
1: the grocery store and I'd be like, like doritos uh that's three dollars i don't need them yeah and i would live off of like tuna fish like i get tuna fish with mayonnaise and onions and i just chop it up and eat it and <laughs> you know you just you, you made it work and 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 that's the whole thing if you truly want something you're going to figure out a way to make it work to make it happen.
0: Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't a vegan diet or a paleo diet. It was the I'm on the grind diet. <laughs> that's that's what that is. But now now that you've gotten a little bit past that grinding stage and you know, I think that this could be not not to say this is a pinnacle of the sports uh, uh, broadcasting um, journey, but I mean this is this is a height that this is when people who get into the industry, you know, they want to get to this where you 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 have a team where you're the play-by-play announcer How how did the opportunity first uh, come to you, and um, what did you first think about the opportunity of of leaving uh, Charlotte, North Carolina? That's where you came up Mm -hmm. from, right? Yeah. And to to take that and and to say, all right, I'm going to be the play-by-play announcer for an NBA team.
1: Um, So I was actually presented with the opportunity back in about March. Uh, I was told of a couple teams that might have openings in the NBA, and. Honestly, I've never said to myself I have to be a team guy. I've been doing national TV since I think 2006, um, and so I, to me, I was like, I've got a, a great gig going. I do a game or two a week. Basketball season, I do probably three games a week. Um, but I do Major League Baseball on Fox, you know, college or NFL on Fox, and it was it was great. Um, but I was I was told of an opportunity, and the Wizards were one of them. Uh, and I said, I'd be interested in that. Right. And I've got family here. My little sister lives here with her family. Um, my parents lived here in D.C. for a while before I was born. Um, I love the city. And I said, because of the passionate fan base and because of the job, it's not that far from Charlotte. It's not that far from where I grew up. It's it's a perfect situation. And, and I said that before I even interviewed for the job. Right. And then before I got the job and it just keeps on getting better and better with everybody. I meet. Um, I I tell people all the time, I feel like I stumbled into like a ridiculously great situation and um, I'm still able to do my stuff with Fox. Uh, I won't do college basketball, but I, I mean, I just had the Texas tech Baylor game this past Saturday that went to double OT. I've got a game this Saturday. Uh, Our season with the wizards kicks off, you know, Wednesday in Dallas, so um, I just I don't know I I, I got so lucky and uh, I said before I've, I've I feel like I've I've gotten lucky a lot of times in life and I don't take things for granted and I just I can't wait you know we got the three preseason games under our belt and now let's let's go let's do this
0: yeah and when you speak of the DC sports fan base and how passionate they are. Um, how aware were you of the situation of the, the previous Wizards play-by-play announcer coming in? And, uh, I mean, was that was that something that you, like, took into consideration at all? Or do you – I know that you're looking you're, – you're applying for a job that you know that you are worthy for, and a lot of that stuff is outside noise that has nothing to do with you, and there is nothing against you for trying to, you know, strive and, you know, make the best out of your own personal career. But, you know, there – you know there obviously there is an elephant in the room right, here right. and and we're talking about um, you know Steve Buckhans who was the former play-by-play announcer but i mean just i mean h- how informed were you of you know just the, how passionate the fan base was about um, Steve Buckhans going into it
1: i was i was pretty pretty well informed just because my brother-in-law grew up here he grew up a bullets fan and then they yeah. changed the name to the wizards and he he loved you know, Steve Buckant's And and he told me, he goes, honestly, if it weren't you, I'd be pissed. He goes, now that it's you, I'm really happy. Um, and, and that's the truth. And yeah. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Like, I totally get it. Like, I am not a fan of change. I hate change in life. Mm. Um, and when you're a fan of a team, and you're used to listening to one guy for 22 years, when that new person comes in, you're going to say, who's this guy? He's not He's not who I'm used to listening. No matter how good or bad he, that new person may be, they're going to say it's, 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 a, it's a different voice, and yeah. you're not used to it. Um, how much does it impact what I do? Honestly, it doesn't. Right. And the reason why it doesn't is because it's out of my control. I'm here to do my job. I call a game a certain way. I like to have fun when I'm calling a game. I know Drew and I have already had fun. Karan and I are going to have fun. Chris – we all have fun on the broadcast, and so i can't I can't do anything to try to replicate what Buck Hans did for twenty two years. Um, what I hope, if I'm gonna replicate anything, is that the fans become as passionate for me as they were for him. right. Um, but that takes time. It, 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 you can't again, just like I was talking about having something now, I know. I can't have it right now. I know people aren't going to like me right away, but I'm, I'm fortunate in that I don't really pay attention to social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sitting here while everyone's trying to you know bash me or whatever. Go away. Bash me. I don't care. I'm not worried about it because I can't control it. And, and um, I think I'm also at an advantage in the sense that I didn't grow up here listening to them. Right. So nothing I do – is trying to M-O-A, imitate him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm literally just going to go out and call a game the way I've been calling it. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky where some of the people I grew up uh, kind of idolizing, mm-hmm. not just Joe Buck, but other guys, mm-hmm. other NBA announcers. I mean, they've come up to me and, and they've given me advice, and they all say the same thing. Justin, be yourself. Exactly. You got here for a reason. Just continue doing that. Everything else will take care of itself, and and that's all that I can do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, it's a very interesting dynamic when you look at uh, certain things within this industry, and so where you have, like, NBA teams and Major League Baseball teams where they have – play-by-play announcers who are with the teams, whereas, like, as an NFL, you get, like, uh, they rotate, you know, Mm -hmm. different broadcasts. So, as you said, like, I mean, I've known – you know, I'm 30 years old. I mean, I've only known Buckhance for calling Wizards games. Like, he's been, you know, for my entire life. So – you know, and, and that but that's I mean nothing in life lasts forever and if they're obviously the people who are running uh NBC Sports Washington, uh shout out to my uh my guy Damon, you know, but they you they went out and they decided that they wanted to make a change and they brought in somebody who is a more than qualified person in you. Thank you. And as we've established on this podcast, that you know you've put in your ten thousand hours to be here, and so whether it's you calling, walking on the street and calling a little league baseball game or calling a Wizards game, uh, you know you you you've put in your work and you've earned the right to be here. And so I think that as you said, it's going to take time for everyone to get adjusted. But the only thing that you have in your control is going out there and, and doing good work. Yeah. And so I think so far, so good. Like you said, with you and Drew, like it's a it's a very fun dynamic. It's an interesting uh dynamic and it's different from you know where it was in the past. And I think that, you know, what NBC Sports Washington is doing and in collaboration with Monumental Sports, I mean, they're trying to be very progressive when it comes to uh different things with the broadcast. Because I mean the broadcasting game, the industry is changing. And so it's not about you know, trying to get somebody who's gonna be like the guy for the last 30 years, you need to find somebody who's gonna be the best for the next 30 years going forward. And so, you know, I think there's, there are different things. Uh, you know, I talked to uh, Damon last year about, you know, they did like this alternative broadcast where mm-hmm. they're implementing like sports gambling and, you know, uh, other different information and analytics and other. And But you said you're not relying on the stats. You're not relying on this stuff. But this is, these are things that, you know, as we, you know, matriculate through this process, you know, there's going that some of this stuff is going to get implemented in. So, uh, how do you feel about you know trying to you know take the broadcasting game to where it's going in the future? And and how where where do you see yourself as far as you know this just just uh, helping mold the process and 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 figure out where this thing is going to go?
1: I I think no matter what happens, calling a game is still going to be the same thing. Yep. It's calling a game. If if you incorporate betting, gambling, gaming, whatever you want to talk, however you want to phrase it, um, yeah, you might talk about the line or the spread. Uh, you know, if, if the game is a blowout and there's three minutes left, you might be thinking to yourself, you know what, the reason why someone's watching right now exactly. is because they, they got some money on yeah. the over-under. Shout-out
0: Scott Van Pelt in the bad beats <laughs> bit. That's like, that's like one of my favorite things. You like, know? So, <laughs> I mean,
1: so that, that kind of a thing, you, you understand that. But – for me calling a game, I don't see myself trying to do all these crazy things. It's yeah. if if they say, "Hey, we want you to incorporate this a little bit more or this a little bit more." Yeah, you make adjustments, but there's a reason why things have been around for a long time. Like the phrase is you can't reinvent the wheel. Right. Right? We know how the wheel works. Yep. You know, you can add some certain things um even in the preseason games, we had Mo Wagner mic'd up. We had Thomas Bryant mic'd up. That's cool. Maybe we, you know, you get some stuff like in the All Star game this year for baseball, where they had a, a wireless IFB, and so you can talk back and forth with, with the, the announcers. Mm. You know, that kind of stuff. That's a little bit different. Um, that's where I think it would go, where where the game or the broadcast would would evolve. Right. But in a real game, it's, it's not as calling. if I'm going to have you know an IFB with Bradley Beal and having a two-way conversation as he's trying to come around a screen and yeah. said, no, but maybe it happens pregame or, or something like that. And that's where it's different.
0: Yeah, no, and and, as you say, I mean, at some point, you cannot reinvent the wheel, and it's all about calling the game, and so, uh, you know, I know you have to get out of here to to get to a game, uh, the the Capitals game, and, you know, that that, that just lets you know how ingratiated you are into the D.C. sports culture, but I just want to thank you for coming on and, you know, just really breaking it down and talking about the process and and how you got into the industry and, you know, what makes a good play-by-play announcer and, you know, uh, breaking down your style as to how you like to call the games I look forward to you know uh, catching as many games as possible it's hard for me because I'm at the majority yeah. of the game so you know but I do uh, go back at home and watch the games on tape so I you know even though I speed through it a little bit but I'm, I'm still I'm still listening to the broadcast but I greatly appreciate you for coming on Justin and I wanted to give this opportunity for you to you know kind of promote yourself I know you said you're not on social media but let, let, let the listeners know uh, where they can find you or if, uh, anything else that you have working on. I know because you said you call college football games. So yeah. Let, let the people know where they can find you. Besides, uh, you know, if, they, if they're not into your wizard <laughs> stuff, well, let them know. Maybe they'll watch your college football game or, you know, watch you call a college basketball game, and, they, and they'll fall in love with you there. So let, let, let the people know where they can find you.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Honestly, um, for me, it's I, I, I post some stuff on Instagram, um, just, at you know, at Just Cutch. Uh, and that's just pictures basically of, of games um, because I have people, friends, family, whomever saying, hey, what game are you doing? What game are you doing? I'm like, here, this is a much easier way to let everybody know. Here's the picture. Here's the game. Time. Boom. Done. Yeah. And it hits everybody at once. Um, but beyond that, I, I know it sounds crazy. I hate, I hate self-promotion. Yeah. Um, what the, you know, As far as like gaining followers or doing this or doing that. My whole thing is, if I go out and do my job, that's the best self-promotion that I can do. Mm. And and maybe I'm old school in that sense, um, but I don't see myself changing in that degree because I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about us. I want it to be about the team. Um, I want it to be about just having fun and, and loving what I do. I love what I do. And uh, I think... Too much of social media is is like the ultimate humble brag. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be looked at as someone who's trying to brag or show off. Uh, I I just don't. I, I know I'm lucky. I I thank God every day for that. I've got a great family, great support, um, and hopefully over time, I get that same support by the Wizards fans. Because because <laughs> I can tell you right now, like I already love the team. I yeah. love I love working with the guys, the coaching staff, the PR staff. Um, I, I I stumbled into a great, great situation, uh, one that I hope I'm here for 30 more years.
0: Yeah, man, I think this is a perfect way to end it. I think that you're in a great position. And, you know, you said you you, you don't have to self-promote. I'm, I'm here to uh, promote you. But you know what, though? It's, when, when you're building up something, uh, you know, all you have to do is worry about going out there and doing your job. And I, I'll end it on this uh, one of, from one of my favorite movies, "Fill the Dreams. If you build it, they will come. So that's all you have to do. Thank you again, Justin, for coming on.
1: Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yep.
2: i girl she was shot for the team I was in high school with dreams. now I'm almost looking clean Teaching game like a dean, all these girls to a ring. I've been playing since I was a fetus, young PG legend like Gilbert Arenas Now I'm chilling back, giving advice, I buy my girl shit that don't matter the price They see that I'm taking, they try getting pants Labor money, I just tell in advance, I ain't cheating, I'm just trying to dance She just trying to have me up in the trance, I'm in a struggle like bucket. They just trying to make some buckets. Love when I slap down my ones, But it bounced like a ball when I struck it So if you ever see a real nigga like me Just let them live and just be how it be Go to the club with them two and you'll see With a J, we'll be on the same team I yeah. want a ball, I like the Wizards Yeah, you know what I mean When I'm blowing I'm on the net Girls doing shots for the team I was in high school with dreams Dormo no, moves looking clean Teaching games like a ding Coach all these girls to a ring I want a ball, I like the Wizards Yeah, you know what I mean when I'm blue, I'm on the net. Girl, she was shot for the team. I was in high school with dreams. Now I'm almost looking clean. Teaching game like a dean. Coach all these girls to a ring. Hey, Prime
1: members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.